back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of the K-Fabe kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? Uh, dude, we are living fantastic, doing great, sipping on a little drink over here, and uh, ready to talk some wrestling, some uh, backlashes from a few different years apart, about 20 years apart to be exact. It's a double backlash episode. Speaking of doubles, uh, we're, we're, we're missing Mr. Jesse Baker here today. Uh, I know he's had some family stuff he was having to deal with. So, um, yeah, we're happy to have him back next week. But I am excited. Yeah, today we're talking about backlash uh, 2002, WWF backlash 2002 versus WWE's WrestleMania backlash 2022. Uh, but before we get to that, before we get to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode, let's talk about last week's, man. Did you get any decent um, response on last week's episode? Any nice feedback? I got a little bit of feedback, a little bit of feedback on Twitter and a little bit of feedback there on TikTok. No feedback from my aunt, but all the feedback was positive. Everyone enjoyed it, but my too bad my aunt did not listen to it this week because last week she really enjoyed it and learned some new stuff. So, you know, Come on, Matt. come on, uh, Aunt Sheila. Hopefully, you can. Uh, you're listening to this, and you'll get on there and listen some more. Yeah, I mean, we need like, uh, like she- Sheila's take or whatever. We're gonna na- make it as a segment on the show or something. Hey, yeah, well, I, th- I think we can maybe work something out. That'd be pretty sick. Well, you know, I'm such a super mark for 1997, so it was cool to go back and watch Revenge of the Taker. That's the first time I'd probably seen it from front to back and watching it as a whole piece. Um, and it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, New Japan, um, I understand that things are a little bit stricter there with the with the ongoing pandemic and everything. So I think that not having those oohs and ahs from that Japanese crowd um, really took me out of it and hurt my overall rating for uh, wrestling Dantaku. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, we're going to get a, another New Japan show in here. I'm not going to do the meat and potatoes of that one. I think I'm going to let Mr. Wex and Mr. Jesse have have their hand at that one. But um, let's get to uh, let's get to it. But first, it's my favorite segment of the show. It's Wexley spills the tea. Give it to me, baby. Maybe some brisk today. Maybe some uh, Nestle. Um, maybe some Snapple even. What do you got for me? What you got? Mm, uh, brisk. That sounds nice. The, the brisk in the can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The regular 12-ounce can. That's a really nice uh, tea beverage. So the first little bit of tea I'm going to spill. Uh, you probably heard about this. Roman Reigns apparently has a new kind of deal contract worked out with mm-hmm. WWE where he's basically going to be working like Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be working very many dates, more money, less dates, and he's going to be taking a significant amount of time off after SummerSlam. Uh, everyone, there's rumors thinking he might be doing some Hollywood stuff, making some Hollywood. Movies. Yep, that's yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. And apparently, he's it's already been announced he's not going to wrestle next month at their Hell in a Cell pay per view. So. Yeah, it kind of sucks. He has both world titles, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like with him, having I think. Both belts and never uh, I think there. I mean, I think that they're going to get to Cody versus Roman at SummerSlam, and I think Cody is going to be the next champ. I think there's, I think that's the the, the, the built. It's uh, it's built in, man. I mean, you know, the family name versus the bloodline. You know, I came back, and you're not the only legacy wrestler, and blah blah blah. And Cody is easily the hottest thing they've had going in years. Um, I mean, he had a banger of a match with Seth Rollins again. 
Um, I think that he's more than proven he's the guy. And I think that he's keeping interest. I mean, the rating spike that happened when he came back has kind of maintained. They, they, they definitely grew their ratings just from having him on raw. So I think that just knowing that kind of tells Vince, Hey, give him the ball, you know, especially if we're going to have Roman leave WWE has always been a baby face t- territory anyway. And I think he's the perfect guy to kind of move into that more Cena ish role, meaning that once half the crowd starts booing him, he can still kind of play that baby face and be that Cena where half the heart, you know, the, the, the smart marks hate him. And then, you know, the casuals still love him or whatever. But wh- where do you think, what do you, how do you, how do you think it's going to end up for Roman Reigns? I don't know. Uh, if he does drop it to somebody, I definitely could see it uh, being Cody. That'd be a perfect person for him to drop it to. Perfect. Like you said, Cody, perfect. he knows how to work it. He can be a baby face, but yeah. uh, you know, who's not a baby face. Who's that? Sonny, who's officially being charged with a DUI manslaughter, Ugh. driving on a suspended revoke license and seven counts of DUI causing damage to a person or property for that uh, little spout she had that we talked about a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, so I know. officially getting charged. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's rough. I know that there's been a lot of uh, Hall of Famers that have said that she should be removed and. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that, but um, I mean, it's a joke Hall of Fame anyways. If we want to be honest, like who cares if they remove her from the Hall of Fame? I mean, they can bend wire if they want to, you know, just erase her from the history. But it's whatever Vince wants. I don't think. Yeah, I I mean, see, I I can understand that whole like it's a joke. It's a TV show. It's a joke Hall of Fame. But I mean, until there's something else that's better then it is the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? And until there's something else that is legitimately better. And I don't mean like the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame where like no one sees it, no one hears about it. It's just, you know, just for the boys or whatever. It's like, nah, that's not the same. Like we need to have like an actual, if we had an actual legitimate Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, maybe. But I mean, WWE Hall of Fame right now is the Hall of Fame. And I can understand the arguments to to, to remove her. I, think yeah, I know that that, Mark Henry, he's been upset yeah. about it. He was very vocal, and so uh, was uh, Bill DeMott, Hugh Morris, but I don't know why. He's not even in the Hall of Fame or yeah. even Hall of Fame worthy. So not at all. Not I at think all. he just needed to, you know. Moving on. Yep. Set it on down. Uh, Charlotte Flair apparently is out indefinitely following her loss to Ronda Rousey. On TV, they're kayfabe saying it's like some type, type of injury, but I don't think it is at all. I think she's just taking some time off. Getting married. I don't think she's truly injured. She's getting married. She's getting married to her and Andrade or yeah. tying the knot. Yep. Getting hitched. Good for her. She deserves it. She's been carrying that division, her and Becky Lynch, for the past couple years now. So, um, yeah. Her wow, Becky that Lynch. wedding reception is going to be a fucking party. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, dude. Yeah. That'd be crazy. So, uh, well, who's also crazy? Eric Bischoff, apparently, lately, just being a salty old bitch complaining about everything on, like, an even bigger than Jim Cornette level about everything recently. I think it's – I mean, it's a work, and I think he's killing it. I think – okay. I, so I think if it's a work, work, then I agree. He is yeah. It's his only – it's his only form. He's not – I mean, yes, there, there's no – it's a win for him. He's – like now with the whole Patreon ad-free thing, there's – he has his diehard fans. He can be like Easy e Eric Bischoff. Like he's – right now, he – this is what Easy e is. Like this is Easy e Eric Bischoff. This is not who he is as a person. His Twitter persona is his gimmick. That's all he has. And why, wh- I think he's killing it. It's like, dude, by all means, rip everything apart. You're never going to work for either company, and you're only going to get more people that will pay to listen to you on Patreon the more shit you talk. So keep keep it up. Keep it up. Okay. Uh, my hat's I, off. If you're coming you. from, from that angle, I see where you're, where you're coming from. That's, that's pretty good. But if 
if he's not and he's like for real about it, then yeah, he's just kind of a salty old bitch. But Plus, I think CM Punk is a turd, and so I think that like CM Punk kind of getting the uh, I, giving him more notice is like uh, to me. Yeah, the CM to Punk me, I almost too. feel like yeah. that's a work too. Like I feel like Punk is like I think they're working, but it is what it is. Uh, well, speaking of working, the boys are going to be working down in Nashville, Tennessee, on June nineteenth because Impact Slammiversary is coming back. Nice, cool. Wait, wait, where, what's the venue? It, like just the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, I want to say. Nice. Okay. Slammiversary, which I don't. It didn't look too good on camera. Maybe they'll have some better lighting or something this time. But that NWA show just didn't look very good at the fairgrounds. But Impact usually NWA, has better. But yeah. Impact has a better setup and usually yeah. better production, to be honest. And their new tag team champions just announced, or not announced, but uh, the other day on their little Impact uh, Plus special, the Briscoes, longtime ROH uh, World Tag Team title holders, are now the new Impact champions. Oh, so I nice. think it's pretty cool. And on the pay per view, recently released NXT star Mia Yim made her return to the promotion. Oh, cool. Very cool. I like that. That makes sense. It's a better and uh, some other big news. Willie Mack and Jonah are both done with Impact. Their contracts have expired, and they're just gonna move on elsewhere. They haven't really said where yet. And uh, so yeah, their their roster is kind of getting shooken up right now. And Frankie Kazarian's supposed to be making his debut back on Impact here, like next week. Oh, cool. That makes sense. He's done with AEW, right? I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like Christopher Daniels, where he's just working some Impact dates. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. Because I don't think um, anything uh, came up about his contract expiring. Uh, he doesn't really have any heat. But you know who has a lot of heat right now with their current promotion? Who's that? Kota Ibushi is having serious heat with New Japan right now. I don't know if you heard anything oh, about this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, aren't they like kind of, didn't he ask for a release or something like that? They're saying like online, it's like, the it's weirdly worded. It's like Kota Ibushi asks to be fired. And I'm like. You think you mean he uh, asked not for exactly. So like <laughs> someone I found someone who kind of like broke it down on Twitter, like broke down the Japanese and like long story short, he had a shoulder injury. They want him to get surgery and he's like, no, I don't want to get the surgery. I just want to like let it heal. And he was letting it heal. And they were like, all right, well, you got to come back and wrestle. And he's like, no, like I'm not I'm not ready. My shoulder's still fucked up. And they were like threatening to fire him because of that. And he's like, well, all right, fire me. Yeah, And then he started accusing them of a bunch of – he said a bunch of sexual harassment and saying that one of the executives is in the Yakuza and they're trying to like bully him and he's – Jesus. He's just like laying it all out there just like he ain't he ain't playing around. He's speaking with his chest out. But why? Fuck this. That's a Cause miss. Because he's, ty- he's tired of their bullshit because you know he left them for a while back uh, in – back when he did the Cruiserweight Classic. He yeah, left but he hated the- it here. He no, hated you know, he it just, in America. No, here, yeah, but you know, he was a freelance wrestler for like three or four years, where he was just he could wrestle with like any promotion, and then he signed back with New Japan, and now they're back to the I guess their old bullshit that he's just not down with. So he's like trying to make him wrestle while he's injured, and a couple other things. It's pretty crazy. Well, I he's mean, just, I hope. And it he said like sexual him. harassment and like yakuza involvement. Like that's that's getting pretty serious. Like bold, especially bold. in for Japan when you're calling like calling out people as yakuza. Like, dude, bold. It's bold. Very, very bold. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll go back to being a freelancer, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty fucking crazy to me. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, Ibushi's got some balls for sure. I mean, I'd love to see him make his return to the the states. I mean, I honest, people can say what they want about this, but I do really feel like he should get a WWE run at some point. And I think that, uh, I think that product's getting better. I, I I feel like we've been on this train for years about WWE being shit, but I do think they're getting better. Yeah. Um, 
Cody's and match on Raw Monday. Great match. Not just Monday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I genuinely think now, like, Raw's too long of a show. And I know we're, like, bunny trailing off of Ibushi here. But Raw's too long of a show. It's three hours long. But, I mean, there's something good on Raw every week now. There's something good on SmackDown every week. I'm not saying the whole show is good. But there's something good on each of those shows every week. Now, NXT is shit. There's nothing good happening on that show. Period. Nah. In my opinion. That's true about SmackDown. I randomly tuned into yeah, SmackDown it's not the other bad. Friday, and I told you, I told, I was like, "Yo, I'm watching the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Hall," and you're like, "And y'all are like, you're watching SmackDown?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's not bad. This is actually yeah. a pretty fucking good match." Yeah, it's not. I mean, so you know what? We've been asking them for years, and I feel like they're they're starting to listen. I mean, genuinely, I feel like things are getting better. Things are getting brighter. Things are going to get easier. Things are not getting brighter for Hikaru Shida because she was injured in that big match she had against Serena Deeb, and she mm. has to step out of the Owen Hart tournament. She's being replaced with Chris Statlander. Oh, okay. Which I think is a that's, solid replacement, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a bummer hard. because uh, no one likes to get hurt. No one likes to see your wrestlers injured on the shelf. Nope, not at all. And uh, other uh, big possible, possible news coming out from AEW, All Out uh, is going to possibly – not be in Chicago and be in Toronto this year. That's a bad move, but okay. Because they're getting ready to have, because just because they're going to have forbidden door in Chicago, literally a month before. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. Like why would, like they don't want to run Chicago wait, month wait, wait, back wait, to wait, back. Wait. So we're going to have double or nothing. Then a new Japan show. And then oh, all, wait, never mind. No, never mind. They just don't want to run it again. Cause they just ran that. So, cause all out's usually in like September. Right. They just yeah. didn't want to run two big Chicago shows in one year. Okay. I'm okay with that. That's fine with me. Because people complain like, oh, Chicago gets all the big shows. And I can – dude, Canadian wrestling fans are, you know, rabid. just like – they're rabid. So it'll be yeah. fucking awesome they have a show in Canada. I think it'd be great. And, dude, speaking of great, dude, Dynamite last night. This is on a Thursday. We're recording this. Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy in the main event for the Owen Hart tournament. Like, you know, whatever yeah. first round for the Owen Hart tournament. It was a no rules match, and those motherfuckers basically. Yeah. I thought they were gonna both die the entire match, and it was fantastic. Uh, it's well, everything I, I did I DVR expected, it, so I have to go but, back and watch it. But I did not expect Jeff Hardy to get the win. Like I thought it was just you know, dude, a hundred percent, Darby's gonna win. Like, and they did all the big crazy spots, but uh, Darby basically got rolled up by Jeff Hardy after the coffin drop into like a pin like under the ladder, and I'm like. After all this crazy shit, Jeff Hardy wins with a fucking wrestling move. Whatever works, man. I don't know. I think I, I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call to get. Dude, to, they can to, have the rematch now, so Jeff, yeah. so Darby can get that win. Yeah. Plus, I think also not only that, but I think that like pushing Jeff's in his singles role as well as keeping the Hardys together is a good move. Period. As long as I can make it work storyline wise, which I I'm, I'm sure they can. Yeah, um, I'm hoping to possibly see that they have a match at the Forbidden Door show, which. As you know, sold out like literally immediately, and they released like a few extra tickets, and those immediately sold out. Like, yeah, it'd be fucking crazy. Maybe we could see like the Hardys versus. I don't Dar know. Maybe Darby and Sting. No, I'm talking about for a New Japan, like the Hardys versus oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorillas of Destiny. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're not even they're not really working as a team right now. Um, yeah, the Hardys versus. I mean, there's so many tag teams like. Yeah. Uh, just the Hardys versus anybody, to be honest. Yeah, Hardys versus anybody is going to be good. And any tag team will want to face them. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any doubt there. I mean, it, it is interesting to see how they're going to match things up for the New Japan show. 
um, especially with a, such a short turnaround. Um, I know that I'm super hyped for Double or Nothing coming up pretty soon. Um, but yeah, what else we got on the tee? Are we, are we out of here? Are we, are we, I, I we think we're pretty much running the... out of tea for this one. So, you know, it might be time to set the tea down and get into some of that meat and potatoes. All righty. You know what? That's going to do it for us, uh, here. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into it's, uh, it's the backlashes. So, um, yeah, here you go. All right. We are back boys and girls. We are doing a double backlash show, a 20 year anniversary. If you will, baby, um, it's going to be WWF backlash 2002 versus WWE's WrestleMania backlash 2022. But from here on out, I'm just calling it backlash because I hate the idea that you're using the WrestleMania name again, even after going to two nights, it's like too much too soon. You expanded too fast. Um, and that's I'm always been it. the idea. That's the backlash after WrestleMania. I, yeah, yeah so we, we like know why it, it's it's implied. Why? Yeah, why? it's just it's another way to use the IP. And honestly, because it's like you only use that IP once. E- I understand why. I understand why they're doing it. It's just annoying. Um, but yeah, let's jump right into twenty years prior. So way back machine, twenty years. It's O2. Limp Biscuits blaring on the radio. Um, everybody's wearing Jinkos and like has frosted tips and is wearing like puka shell necklaces and shit. So yeah, I want you to put That's yourself in that your mindset. Boots. Yeah, sketch your boots. Uh, what were those like skate shoes? The soaps with like the soap the, shoes. Yeah, they had like the grinding like and yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I had a couple of those, a couple of pairs of those. Um, yeah, so the o- opening package here really just kind of focuses on Hogan returning to the red and yellow, um, and then Triple H and their little like feud-ish type thing. They obviously shotgunned this feud because I don't think they expected Hogan to be that over that quickly. Uh, JR and King on the call though, and all is right with the world. It's 2002. You just got through playing No Mercy on your N64. You're gonna pop open an Echo um, High C with uh, the little Ghostbusters guy on the front. Ecto cooler. Ecto cooler. That's what I was thinking of exactly. Yeah, you're gonna sit down there in your beanbag chair, and you're gonna watch. Uh, you're gonna watch Backlash Show too. So yeah, the first match here is Tajiri versus Billy Kidman. Tajiri has uh, Tori Wilson. And an obviously abusive relationship here. Um, it's for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, I think Kidman could have been so much bigger if he had more charisma. Like he, especially in O2, like they could have pushed him more if he would have just had a mouthpiece. Um, but I do feel like on the technical side as a wrestling match, this is a great ma- opener. It was a really good match. The, like the technical work was definitely there. The crowd was really wrapped up into Tori, which is fine because at least that they're, they're like reacting. Um, and it's kind of sad that you have to use Tori Wilson to like get people engaged into a Tajiri Kidman match, but it was great. And by the end of the match, the crowd was very much invested on what was going on in the ring because the guys were good enough wrestlers to do that, to suck them in. Um, I thought it was a super good and exciting opener. Some awesome false finishes. Um, it's a very good, very good match. Um, borderline great. I gave it three and three quarter beers, almost a four beer match. Very much enjoyed it. Wex, where you at on it? Dude, I really enjoyed this match. Honestly, uh, it's one of those rare WWE Billy Kidman matches because he only had a he had like a really short run in WWE, yeah. and like it's just weird seeing Billy Kidman in wrestling gear because I'm thinking of like jeans, white tank top, Billy Kidman. It always. wasn't that short. It wasn't that short. He had like five years, but it was in a weird time period. Yeah, oh two to like oh six. I think he stopped in oh yeah, six. And that's it's, so it's a very forgettable era. But dude, this was yeah. a fucking fantastic match. It had a very modern style. Like this shit could have been on dynamite or something. Like honestly, with yeah. all the false finishes, it reminded me of like ROH twenty fourteen. It was yeah. just uh just very good. And the crowd did get really hot for it. And there was like like you said, fantastic near falls, dude, and the fucking mist for the win. 
like always classic with Tajiri when he hits you with the mist and kick you in the head. He had some really stiff head kicks in this match. I enjoyed this uh, probably a lot a, a, a lot more than you did. I gave it 4.75 beers. I thought it was oh, wow. fantastic. One of my favorite matches on the card. Probably uh, incredible. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's, it's one of my favorite matches. I thought it was just fantastic. This could have been like a like like I said, it's like a, a modern style match. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like it's, this is the, what bridges the gap to me. Like these guys, this type of wrestling is what bridged the gap between, um, you know, that, that, that WWE main event style, the, the raw style, if you will, um, to, to, I mean, cause a lot of people say like the cruiserweights of 96, 97, but that was really just Lucha Libre. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like when you go back and watch those matches, like even, even Malenko's working a Lucha Libre style, like it's not. Like the, the bridge, the, the bridge to me was these early 2000 matches. That's what le- kind of led to like the birth of the, uh, the X division and that kind of like, thing. Yeah. It's like the late WCW cruiserweight guys. These are all yes. those dudes like the yeah. 2000. D- I, w- the- I would actually say that the early w- this, this time, like to Oh two until like Oh four Oh five in WWE, their cruiserweight division and namely the X division in the very early of TNA is really what mm-hmm. changed modern wrestling as we know it, in my opinion. But and yeah, I, I agree for it. I love him for it. Yeah. Um, after this match, we got like the APA getting a little reunion promo in the back before the match. Uh, and the match here is Scott Hall versus Bradshaw, Whew. man, to go from working Austin to working Bradshaw in the second match in a month, uh, just shows you how much space they had in the NWO, right? Like, it's like, dude, I really feel like they wanted the NWO to last a lot longer. And then when the mania thing happened with Hogan and rock, it was like, well, Got to go ahead and make Hulk baby face now. And just, I guess we're just going to ruin the NWO. Uh, and that's pretty much what they did here. Um, the, it's a terrible match too. It's just not good at all. The crowd, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, is kind of into it because of all the Gaga with X-Pac and Farouk. But I don't know. I thought it was terrible. It's literally all punches and kicks. Uh, it's a bad Dude. pairing too. <laughs> like it's a bad pairing, but it's a bad pairing for those two wrestlers. Cause it's like, they're not similar in body type, but they wrestle kind of the same way. And it's like you, you kind of need someone else either to be the technical one or the the faster one or or whatever. Um, but Bradshaw at this point is diet JBL. He's not quite where he needs to be as a singles wrestler. And Scott Hall's past his prime and it's just not, it wasn't good at all, man. Uh, I gave it a beer and a half. Uh, where are you at on it? Wow. We uh, got our first winner, winner, chicken dinner. I also gave it 1.5 beers. And yeah, this was literally, I have the same uh, note down. I put nothing, nothing fancy at all. Just a bunch of strikes and power moves, just like kicks and punches and like that's it. body slams. Yeah. Like not even real. Like, I mean, there's like maybe one or two suplexes, but it was literally nothing to write home about. There was a lot of X-Pac sucks chance. And yeah, that's just cause that's like when this was prime X-Pac heat, prime X-Pac heat. Yeah, definitely. Like, so yeah. Kind of suck. Just like you said, they, it's like, they'd be a good tag team, but they're not working against each other. Yeah, I agree. Like I agree just, their styles, very, their styles. There's clash, no chemistry no period between the two of them. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think they'd be a good tag team either. I just don't think there's good chemistry between Bradshaw and Scott Hall. They just yeah, seem maybe very it's just not different. meant to be not meant to be at all. Uh, after the match though, we got a segment with Vince and flair dude. Okay. This is what I want to say. I think that Vince McMahon is probably the most, he might be the best on the mic of all time. He might actually be, but it's like, no one wants to say it because it's Vince. You know what I mean? But 
I, I think he might be the best Mike guy of all time. Where, where do you put Vince McMahon in the echelon of promos? I mean, yeah, he's definitely a really good promo. He just, he's, he's natural. He's yeah. It's he's not like Hulk Hogan or Sid. <laughs> yeah. Like he can go out there live pretty good and cut a good one. But I mean, honestly, he's been, he was an announcer first. Like he did commentary. So it's, he kind of already has that, like just that way of words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like it was delivered well here and to be going up against flair too. I mean, the two of the, they're two of the best Mike guys ever. And I feel like this, this feud worked because they're so good on the mic. Uh, but yeah, let's keep it rolling. It's Trish Stratus versus jazz here for the WWF women's championship. Uh, Molly Holly comes out and beats up Trish, try to get some extra heat here. Um, and then, you know, once jazz kind of does get in the ring, she pretty much just pours on the heat right away. And honestly, this wasn't as bad as a lot of things in this era from the women's division. Obviously Trish is still very green, but jazz kind of has a brutal style. Like she's known for strength more than like finesse. So it's not like it was going to look clean. Even if Trish was like peak Trish, you know what I mean? Like even if it was Oh four Oh five Trish Stratus, I don't think that that it would still have looked very pretty because jazz has always kind of been almost like a Brock Lesnar version for the women's division, especially at that time. Um, so either way, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It really was not a bad match from bell to bell. Um, it was better than the Scott hall match, which is even more of a bummer mm-hmm. either way. It was still slightly below average. I mean, women's wrestling in O2 is still women's wrestling in O2, but two and a half beers. I feel like is pretty generous for a women's match in this era. And that's what I gave it. It was pretty good. I actually went a little bit higher than you, but not wow. much at all. I went 2.75. Okay, yeah. It was definitely below average, but it was a decent little match. And, like, we've been covering, like, Trish Stratus this as era. she's been yeah. going. Yeah. And you can tell the – you can see the improvement in this match. Like, each yeah. match, you can tell she gets a little yeah. better. And yeah. I think – like you said, I think Jazz is a good opponent to work with because she clearly carries the whole match and has that really hard-hitting style. So it gives that yeah. more sympathy on, like, oh, the, like, like petite blonde baby face. And you got, like, totally. the rough-and-tough brawler lady who's just whooping her ass yeah Yeah, i think it works good and she had some it was some stiff shit and king uh said mike tyson was prettier than jazz and he'd rather kiss my mike tyson and i was like wow dropping some heat dropping some heat there king Uh, my goodness and that uh stratisfaction before it was called the stratisfaction counter yeah the body slam was really fucking cool i was like yeah "Yeah." very impressive very good I thought I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it, which is great. It's cool because like, you know, it's kind of, it's almost inadvertent that we get to watch Trish Stratus go from green TNA Trish Stratus from where we've been covering like this storyline or this like uh, era in time really. And to watch her slowly become a pretty solid wrestler. And I'm excited to kind of continue the O2 storyline at least and see, see how far that goes with that. Um, Let's jump. Let's keep it going here though into the next segment. It's Jr. and King. They throw to a package with a uh, Heyman and Lita and the Hardys and Lesnar and that whole thing. Uh, and of course, Heyman kind of gets a promo, which is great as always. Uh, and the match here is just Jeff Hardy versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I mean, it's a squash match with a few like prolonged hope spots, uh, but Jeff sold great. And the crowd is definitely has a lot of sim- like Jeff Hardy was the perfect booking for, uh, Brock Lesnar at, at this point because he's super over, but he's not like he's not quite yet a main event babyface. Um, so he can get the right amount of sympathy. He's gonna take those crazy bumps, and he's gonna look like he literally got 
beat the shit out of. And it, and it were, and Lesnar is legitimately going to beat the shit out of you. And that's what he did. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I also like, I actually like to where like, I know non finishes are kind of a no, no on pay-per-view, but I thought that the KO kind of finish was a smart idea. It doesn't take any like value away from Jeff Hardy and Lesnar looked like an absolute monster and definitely got more over from it. I th- thought it was very good, slightly above average. So I went three and a quarter beers on this. Where are you at on it? I didn't go quite that high. I mean, there I went is. right in the there middle. I went right in the middle. I thought it was a solid three beer match, and it was fun seeing young Brock Lesnar just beat the hell out of Jeff Hardy and like seeing him do more moves than I've ever seen him really do in a match period. Like. Yeah, uh, like variety of moves. And this yeah. was his first ever televised match, period. Oh, yeah. They said that on commentary like three times because all his other appearances were just him coming into the ring and whooping beat people's people ass. Up. Yeah. And he would just beat him up. So pretty fucking good there. And uh, kicking out of the swanton, you know, that was that's a pretty big deal for back then. It was for sure. Like, oh, he it kicked was. out of the fucking swanton. But like you said, it didn't. Jeff didn't look weak because he just got he didn't have to tap out or get pinned. He just got yeah. knocked out. You know, the stone code. I didn't tap out. I just passed out. The stone code. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good booking, man. Good match. So let's keep it rolling here. Uh, the next thing we have is a package for Edge and Angle. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty damn good package, too. It's true. It's true. Um, it's damn true. It's damn true. Uh, the next match, yeah, it's Kurt Angle versus Edge. It's a hot start. The crowd is definitely into it from the jump. There's great chemistry there, man. I mean... Listen, it's Kurt Angle versus Edge. It's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's 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 a fresh, uh, hungry Edge too, and a a guy who has finally settled into like the main event level of, of work with with Kurt Angle. Um, he was always good. Don't get me don't get me wrong, but now he's like he's already a seasoned veteran, and he's I think yeah. he's two years. It's in like the business, right three before years in the prime Kurt Angle, but not quite prime Kurt Angle. Yeah, but he's still very good. Oh and no, he's and, fucking fantastic. And they're both very hungry. I I thought it was really good. I, I thought this. This feud to me is what solidified Edge as being a singles guy. Because honestly, I wasn't sold. I thought he was just like the prettier version of the tag team guy. You know what I mean? I wasn't sold that he was going to be. I thought he was going to end up like Billy Gunn. I was like, oh, they're so gonna- you thought he was Marty Jannetty, not Sean. No, Michaels. I thought he was. I, I thought he was Billy Gunn. I thought oh, they're gonna like, like <laughs> they're gonna give him a singles run. He's gonna fall on his face, and they're gonna put him in a new tag team. That's what they're gonna do. That's genuinely what I thought at that point in my life. Um, I was I'm pleasantly wrong. I mean, he, he's arguably the new Undertaker if you really want to take it that far. But we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, I don't know, man. Both guys are super hungry. Some killer false finishes. And if you haven't mm-hmm. been listening to the show long enough, false finishes when they're done really well is really what ups the ante for my rating for most things. Like that's the that's what gets me going. Uh, some of those suplexes were just nasty. Super good match. I mean, super good feel to it. Great tempo. Uh, the actual finish was executed perfectly. Really good stuff. Four and three quarter beers, almost five beers from me. Very much enjoyed this one. Where are you at? I didn't go quite that high, but I thought it was a really good match. And I really love Kurt Angle's just like energy and cockiness he had at this point, like with it. And it's crazy yeah. to see how just like they show that little promo package of the you suck little thing and how such a tiny thing exploded into like such a big thing in Kurt Angle's career. And like, this is the genesis of it right here. And he's like, even after the match, I love after he wins, he goes, I don't suck. I won. Yeah. 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 I love like just the character of Kurt Angle at this point is just fucking great. And like you said, edge, like really he he did solidify himself at this point in this match. It was fucking fantastic. I went three and a half beers. I thought it was really good. 
Uh, and it's crazy just how the WWE crowd or WWF at the time, maybe that's what it was, WWF, like they would still get just as hype for like these mid-card feuds and they would for like the main event. They'd yeah. give the same energy. And, you know, I feel like they don't do that quite as often, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, after the match, we get Jericho. He makes his way to the ring and cuts a promo about being in the main event of Mania. Now he's not even on the show. It's a great promo. One of the greatest of all time, for sure. Uh, it's a good way to just get him out there and also give him some time off because I think he was kind of nursing some injuries at this point. That's why he actually wasn't wrestling on the show. Get a little um, bit of heat. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, just to keep your name out there, get some heat, yada, yada, yada. Screw this place, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the next match is the Battle of the Frog Splashes for the WWE Inter- <laughs> or WWF Intercontinental Championship. It's Eddie Guerrero versus RVD. Man, they're they're throwing like stiff shots just from the beginning. I mean, just stiff, mm-hmm. stiff shots back and forth. Uh, both guys just working as hard as they possibly can, which is what they both especially did at this point in their careers. Uh, it's a barn burner for sure. I mean, great tempo, great chemistry. Like, it's it's so crazy because it's like on paper you really would think that RBD and Eddie Guerrero they would be almost too similar. Like their styles would be too similar. But I feel like the the little accents of RBD and the little accents of Eddie Guerrero is what separated enough of it. You know what I mean to make it pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean you gotta love it. You gotta love seeing Latino Heat win the IC title anytime you can. Um, I, I did think that the match previous to this was quite a bit better, but I thought this was a very good match. I did give it four beers. I mean, it's a, it's a great match. It's a, it's well above average. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was a couple things. I honestly felt like it should have had a little bit more time. And I also felt like, um, there were a couple stutter steps with RVD on the outside. Like when they were on the outside, they spent a little too much time around the outside of the ring. That just wasn't, it felt real clunky out there. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. What did you think about this one? I thought it was really fucking good. Uh, I gave it four and a half beers. It's my second highest rated match in the show. That first match, though, just really got me. But this is really fucking close. Like it's almost this match almost had that modern style, and the chemistry between RVD and Eddie Guerrero is just like fucking amazing. Like yeah, just so many great counters and just like different yeah. little moves and reversals from stuff that was really sick. And dude. This was like Eddie Guerrero's like post little like mini ROH indie run, and he looked yeah. fucking jacked. Yeah, and well, yeah, he was. Dude, they were working. Dude, like you said, they were working <laughs> stiff and they were working fucking hard. He was at the gas station pumping yes. it that fucking premium. Yeah. Uh, dude, I can just tell like the way like the move. Dude, yeah, like but just the moves they were doing, the way they were working, I can just tell how much they inspired the modern style of wrestling. Like so much stuff that they do that people like little things that people do till this day. And like just the way the match was even worked, dude. And that float over from that suplex from Van Dam, god damn it, that was fucking sick. Yeah. He just he it was so smooth, just yeah. so much, just like counter after counter, like the false finishes and the frog splash thing, just so sick. And then I love how uh, Jr. was like, no, the King was like, Jr. Who was the first person you ever saw do the frog splash? He goes, well, I believe it was D'Lo Brown, and he was like, well, after D'Lo Brown, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I'm glad that JR was still like, well, yeah, D'Lo Brown, even though, like, <laughs> what the fuck was D'Lo Brown doing in 02? Like, no, I don't think he was still with the company, honestly. But that's great that he has said that. And King was like, well, the second person, okay? Yeah. I love that he's like, well, okay. him off. That's yeah, awesome. Fan, dude, I love that, dude. I love Eddie Guerrero. I love RVD. You know, Eddie Guerrero's in my top three. RVD's in probably my top, you know, 10 to 15. Good shit. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. I mean, yeah, Eddie Guerrero's got to be in the top ten to fifteen, no, no doubt about it. I mean, Eddie Guerrero's my number. I put him in my top ten for sure. He's my number three. Number three? 
Yeah. Ooh, that's another whole other podcast, man. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Let's not get into that can of worms just yet. We got a lot to cover here still. Uh, the next match here, uh, well, actually, actually, after this match, after the IC title match, we got JR and King kind of promoting the Scorpion King movie, which was hilarious to me to hear them try to hard pitch this terrible atrocity of a movie. Yeah, go back and uh, look at that CGI from Scorpion King. Geez, it's fucking so horrible. Uh, then we get a package for Austin and Taker with kind of flair in the mix. It's an awesome package, honestly. Uh, and then we get, you know, the American Badass, The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's a number one contendership match. And Ric Flair is the special guest referee. Okay, listen. So it's not a bad match, but the the height of Stone Cold is definitely over. Okay? I'm not saying that he's not over anymore. And I'm not saying that he doesn't still have a lot of good stuff left in his career. He doesn't end until 2004. And this is 02, right? So there's still a lot of good Stone Cold left. And we also got that awesome sheriff commissioner run. But... The height of like just fever pitch. Stone Cold is beating everybody all the time. That's that's over. Um, oh yeah. And to be honest, this is my least favorite version of the Undertaker. I didn't like the way he wrestled. I didn't like the way he moved. He the way he moves is a lot bigger, but it's very John Moxley ish, like cocky shoulder roll type shit that he does. I'm a badass redneck type thing. I just hate that vibe. I've always hated that vibe. It's just, it, it, <laughs> I can't ever take it seriously. It always is just funny to me. Um, Blue so lives yeah. matter. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly that. That's exactly what it is. Um, I thought the actual wrestling here was decent. Like the fact that they had a chain open with like arm bars and hip tosses and dude, arm hip drags. Tosses, yeah, dude. Like yeah, the and work, I was like, dude. I agree. The work rate was like pretty fucking good in this match. In my mind, I was like, I feel like they're doing this because Flair is the referee and they, they both are like, Hey dad, see what I can do. Watch me, dad. Hey dad, look at me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like that was kind of the vibe, which is fine. Like, I don't have any issue with that, but it was cool. And then it kind of turned into more of a brawl, which is what is to be expected. It is short kind of lived though. Um, and this match kind of felt, <sighs> It didn't it feel went short. On way too fucking long. It yes. Drugged. Yes. It, just it was almost a half on. an yeah. hour. This this yeah. match clocked in at twenty seven minutes because yeah. I timed yes. it. And and, and Rick Flair, dude. Time, and I was like, the, dude, way too fucking like long. Our, like our, like like and to me, inarguably a top five best of all time wrestler, Rick Flair. It, he, I swear to God, dude, he made referee counts like he had literally never seen a referee ever in his life. Like he had no idea how to to do it. I mean, he's like slowly – and it, this is like – by the way, he's got like five, six years left in the ring before he retires. And the dude's still bumping on Instagram today. So, But when he gets down to do these counts, he's like one knee at a time, and then he's on all fours and just like like elbow like to the mat type thing. It doesn't – he's not like putting his arm into it or like laying or it's, – yeah. it's, it is tempo. It's awful. It's so even bad. The finish, he, he executed the finish like shit. He clearly looked at his leg and then turned and then started counting. It was it's just fucking so horrible. Bad. It's so bad, man. It's so bad. Even still, it's the Undertaker and it's Stone Cold. I gave it three and a quarter beers. I still gave it a little bit above average. I didn't think it was a bad match. Uh, my biggest gripes were honestly with Flair and the amount of time. It should have been shorter. It should have been five minutes shorter. And Flair should have been a better referee, and I probably would have given this four, maybe even four and a half beers. Where are you at on it? I'm almost right there with you. I didn't go quite that high. I went three beers right in the middle. And really, like, the booking and the story and the extra bullshit is, like, what made this match suffer. I just would have let them straight up, like, without the the Flair referee. They could have a Flair at ringside being, like, a, I don't know, a time, like, 
on commentary. They could have done anything else with Flair to have him out there as part of the storyline without having a special guest referee and X Pac coming out like that was Ugh. unnecessary. Yeah. Like the NWO shit, just like dumb. Yeah, really. And you you pretty much covered everything. Like it was like work rate was great. They did some actual wrestling at the beginning, ended up brawling, but it just drug the fuck on. So. I could not just couldn't rate it too high, and that's probably one of my lowest rated Stone Cold matches ever. And I'm a mark for Stone Cold. He's my he's my number one, but I, I will we'll quit talking about that. And uh, yeah, right there in the middle, three beers. Yeah. So after the match, Flair says shit on TV, and that was got the biggest pop of the night from him for sure. Uh, and then after this, we're pretty much going to breeze through this one because it's obviously a popcorn <laughs> match placeholder. It's Billy and Chuck versus Al Snow and Maven for the WWF Tag Team Championships. I get that they have to put some promo into Tough Enough. Uh, but the show, I mean, obviously Maven was a failed experiment. It didn't work out. At least the match was quick and it, you know, all those guys got a payday. Not much else to talk about though. I did give it one beer cause it wasn't necessarily a bad match. It was just a quick, it was a palate cleanser. So that way you don't have Austin and Taker going straight against Hogan and triple H. That's the only reason why I was there. I get it. That's fine. They, the guys did their job. It was a beer. Where are you at on it? Well, I didn't quite go that high on this one. I only gave it a half a beer because it was just like literally I put the same notes. I put popcorn match. This is some bullshit. Uh, they started chanting Rico's gay. And after that, I was like, all right, how much more? Are we gonna, what, what are we going to do here? And they started doing the homoerotic spots. And I was like, all right, we fucking get it, dude. All right, let's yeah, go on to the next match. Right. I just I just okay. skipped. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and skip to Hogan and Triple H. Let's Let's get out of this bullshit. Plus, like, why couldn't you have just gotten gay wrestlers to do that? Like, there were plenty of them at the time. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Nine, 2002 was a different time. It was definitely a different time. Yeah, for sure. Because after this, we got a package for Triple H and Hulk Hogan. And the package is okay because it's a babyface, babyface match. And I think that I now I remember I was like, I can't, you know, I was like, man, Triple H was so high. Like, when he came back from that injury, he was such the hottest babyface of all time. I was like, I can't remember. Why did that end? Oh, yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan ended it. Hulk Hogan is the reason why he stopped pretty much being a babyface. Hulkamania fucking came back and ran came wild. came back and ran wild, man. And that's what happened. Like, okay, the match here, it's a terrible match. It's a hokey, um, you know, Hulk Hogan match. The, the, none of them are good belt to belt. Never. They never are. I will Who's say. Who's stronger, me or you? But you know what? The dude, fig- I don't know how. I don't know how, but by the end of it, I'm invested. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he sets the bar so low every time with the meat and potatoes of the match that when you get to the closing sequence, you're like, holy shit, something is happening. Um, but yeah, honestly, dude, like, and listen, dude, I'm, I'm a Mark, but I was born in 1984. Okay. I am a, I am the epitome of the Hulk Hogan ultimate warrior, macho man, Randy Savage, Jake, the snake era being my like fire. I will. I remember it vividly I didn't have to go back and watch it. I, I remember it. That was it for me. So this even now, even yeah, even, yeah, even on my, my millennial old man soapbox, even now, 20 years later, watching this match, remembering where I was in O2 being a sophomore or junior in high school. And like, Having lived through the Attitude Era, I was almost like this feels like so uh, r- like a homecoming. Like it feels right on in on every level. And I was by the time you hear three, I was hyped. I was like, okay, like I did my little hand thing, and I was like, all right, you know what? That wasn't bad. So I, well, I will say the match itself was trash, but the hype for me was amazingly high. So I, I, I went in the middle on it and I gave it three beers. Uh, where are you at on this match? 
I literally have the exact same rating. I went three beers right in the middle because you like, got to, I couldn't man. rate it much higher than that just because no. it was just a bunch of gaga bullshit, like yeah. you said, and you pretty much hit all the high points on this match and I didn't I was not born in nineteen eighty four. I was born in nineteen ninety one, so I know Hollywood Ho- Hogan like Hollywood Hogan was the Hulk Hogan that I pretty much knew. Right. Besides yeah, three, I get that. three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain Hulk Hogan. Oh, bro. All right. That's settled. We're going to do a movie review on this show at some point. That's going to happen. Uh, I used to rent that one all the time. But uh, so like this is kind of like Twitch, maybe a Twitch live stream, actually. You know, this is me seeing the OG Hulkamania for the first time kind of in that era. But you really saw it the rock, but he kind of went back to the colors. But it was just weird him still being Hollywood, but in the, you know, the yeah. red and yellow. Yeah. And he, and they did the Peacock changed his song right that wasn't yeah oh yeah no he that wasn't like, it because he used the actual the voodoo child, child. Right? yeah 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 he used that yeah that's what he used yeah even in O2 they just he literally Hulk Hogan himself owns the rights to it and I don't think um I, I know there was a time where even though he was in the Hall of Fame he didn't have a Legends contract for a while I don't know if that's still the case but I think that when Peacock put this on line he didn't have a deal with WWE. Um, or, or a licensing deal worked out for that music or something. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really close though. And did you know that Hulk Hogan was the last ever WWF Undisputed Champion? Yeah, which to me is like so fitting. Like, it's so once so, it changed to WWE, it's like, yeah, it's so fitting. Crazy. Like, that's honestly, that's cra- it is crazy. It's it's crazy to think about, especially because like I thought commentary specifically did a fantastic job in this match. Oh yeah. I mean, King they, they and JR did, fucking class oh, act. Dude, they're, and they're, this is their peak to me. Oh, two, like Oh one, Oh two, even Oh three is peak commentary from King and JR. And I think that like, you know, the fact that they're selling it, that it's been since 1993 yeah, that Hulk Hogan years, wrestled nine years. They said that's it crazy. Great. It's crazy. Crazy, man. It's crazy. Loved it. So for me, overall, overall, I gave Backlash 02 four and a half beers, man. A very good show from top to bottom. A very good show. Even the quote unquote bad match, um, like maybe the Trish and and Jazz or that tag team match there towards the end. I at least understood why they were there. And honestly, we kind of needed them to be there. Like without that tag match, having Austin and uh, Taker go right into Hogan and Triple H, I don't think I would have liked Triple H and Hogan as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean, and I don't know my exact beer rating for the show, but it's it's really good. It's really high up there. It's a really good show for Mo2, probably one of the better ones that we've covered so far, to be honest. And that's going to take us into the current event. Uh, we're covering WWE's WrestleMania Backlash 2022. Um, so we're, we're, you know, look, we went into WrestleMania last month and had no expectations, and everybody on this show was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, me, Wex, Jesse, we, it was a good show. It was a good mania. It's one of the best ones they've had in the past three or four years. I would argue, um, not granted we had the pandemic or whatever, but it is what it is. You know, you have to judge everything accordingly. So, um, yeah, the opening package here is it like starts off felt really good. I actually liked that. We got a bumper for like that unauthorized interception thing. It made oh, yeah. it feel like a pay-per-view, you know, like, and we didn't, we haven't gotten one of those on that, on a show like that in a while. And it, I don't know, maybe it's, I know it's kind of cliche, but it made it feel like a more important event to me. I thought it was FBI very nice warning. Touch. Yeah. The FBI warning. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, I'm refreshed. I was excited to see it because Mania was good, and I haven't I haven't watched weekly WWE in years and years. So 
I mean, honestly, only seeing the pay-per-views is great for me. Um, and it worked out here really well. We go right from the opening package and introducing the commentary team. And then we get a, um, a package for Cody and Rollins, which was insanely good. And the matches, you know what? I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Match number one is Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Where are you at on it? Dude, this was a really fucking good match on par with their Mania match for sure. And I think it's a fantastic, a good choice for the open. And, dude, I just love this version of Hill Seth Rollins way better than the chicken shit uh, champ Seth Rollins. And just so much good stuff in this matchup. They just have really good chemistry and, like, that pedigree T sequence was oh. just beautiful. Oh. Like, that whole thing just – so, uh, just uh, it was great and Jimmy Smith on commentary was trying to say like oh Cody hasn't wrestled in six years yes. he has ring rust and then and Matt, uh, yeah. Grace was like uh, well Shut actually no he's yeah, been yeah, yeah. competing other places just not in the WWE which I thought that was a pretty – I don't know if that was a Vince McMahon thing trying to feed it to him and the, or what was going on there, him just being ignorant to the fact. Yeah. But, uh, dude, fantastic fucking – just great just great pro wrestling match, great sports entertainment match. The finish was fantastic. Him, Cody's like, well, fuck you. You're going to cheat? Well, I'm going to cheat too. Fuck you. Yeah. Five beers. Fantastic. See, to me, it's wrestling. To me, it was a great pro wrestling match. It's, I mean, Seth, you can say what you want, but Seth Rollins is a pro wrestler. I mean, Cody Rhodes is a pro wrestler. And I think that I think that we're finally back in a wave where people want a little more pro wrestling in their sports entertainment. I think that's what's happening. I think Roman Reigns hey, is a pro work, wrestler. Good work rate is always going to make it better. Yes. I think that he's a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that John Cena was a sports entertainer. I think that The Miz is a sports entertainer. I, and I like both. I love you. I on everyone that's listening to the show knows that I've sung both those guys' praises for years. I like that, too. But I do a think U.S. champ John Cena was a wrestler. Yes, he was for sure. He, but the majority of his he could be a pro wrestler, but he was a sports entertainer. I think that Cody Rhodes is a pro wrestler that is also able to do sports entertainment. But this match felt very much like a pro wrestling it was match. Great. In WWE. It was fucking great. Yes. What did you give it? it? I, I actually ended up giving it, I think, closer. Yeah, I gave it five beers. I gave it five oh. beers. It was a great match. It was better <laughs> than their Mania match. Uh, I mean, also, too. Okay, so there is. And the fact that WWE is putting out mocks of this photo makes me feel like it could happen because we already talked about how Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, I feel like are on a inevitable course to collide. SummerSlam feels like the perfect event for it. And I feel like if he wins, he can merge both belts. And since he's known for bringing the IC title back to its original white, he wants the winged Eagle belt to be his belt when he's champion. And if he does that, and if that happens, so sick. That'd dude, so if that sick. happens, I will, I will reclaim my flag as a WWE fan. I really will. I will. I will. I will probably start watching weekly again. There's something about small things like that that just touch the nostalgia part of my fandom in such a way that I'm so grateful for it that I become loyal to the product because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean. That would be pretty fucking sick. I think if there's going to be anybody to do it to, Cody's the guy. It does. They've, make ar- they've already they've already teased it, so it'll probably happen at some point. I hope it does. I hope it does. It kind of makes me sad that we're never going to see a Triple H versus Cody match, but I guess you never say never. We'll see. Um, there was a package for Lashley and Omos here. Again, not going to spend much time on this one. Um, it's a bad match. MVP is a great talker, and he's doing the best he can to try to put interest here, but he's easily the best part. Bobby Lashley's a trash baby face because no one can feel bad for him. It's just not possible to feel bad nope. for 
like a human being that is a literal, literal action figure with bubbles for muscles. Um, yeah, I mean, almost I will say he's better than Kali, but that's it. Like he's better than Kali and giant Gonzalez, but that's it. He's worse than big show has ever been ever. So he's just not. And to me, it's like the idea of him that that potential there is so low that he could maybe become like 99 big show. And that's at, at very best, maybe 1999 big show. That's not worth it to me. Cut him, get him out of here. <laughs> it's not worth it. Get him out. No one's paying to see almost. What do you think? Oh, I gave it a beer. My bad. I gave, I gave it, a it a beer also. So there we go. I did not want to see this at mania. I did not want to see a rematch. And I just think it's funny. They give him the moniker, the Nigerian giant when fucking Apollo Cruz was already supposed to be Nigerian. He has the other tall guy who's not even actually Nigerian to be yeah. his tall. Like what the fuck are y'all yeah. doing? WWE? That would have made way more sense. Honestly, almost and Apollo Cruz would have been way better to get yeah, if, if, cause Apollo Cruz's family is actually Nigerian. And if, Fucking Omos is actually Nigerian. Like, why not put the actual Nigerian people together instead of putting yeah. Commander Aziz where they just made some fucking shit up? Like, well, we're coming out of it, man. I do. I have faith in this 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 uh, creative team. Uh, but let's not spend any more time on Omos and Lashley than we have to. Um, I did. We did get a bumper for Cody on the Broken Skull, which I am super hyped to see. Yeah, um, it's gonna be good. And then we get an ad for Hell in a Cell, um, which looks okay. Uh, no Roman a- Reigns. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just don't I don't like I don't like gimmick matches being the brand for the show. I just don't like it. I'd much rather like it be a backlash rules. or yeah, I don't like extreme rules. I don't like Hell in a Cell. I don't even like really TLC. I don't like Money in the Bank. I, I want those I matches. I like Money in just, the Bank. That's fun. Come on. You, yeah, you yeah. Gotta, I, I, I like the match. The whole show's not gimmicked. It's just one match. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. Honestly, okay. I'll, all right, you're right. I'll, I'll remit that from the record. Money in the Bank can stay. But TLC as a pay-per-view needs to go. Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view needs to go. Uh, but I'll get off my millennial soapbox again. Uh, the match here, speaking of millennial soapbox, is Edge versus AJ Styles. Um, I, I will argue that Edge is the the most compelling character in WWE on television right now. I think he's the most. He's going through the most change, and he's the oldest too, which to me just proves his greatness. The fact that he is able and willing to essentially become the Undertaker role here, and they're essentially putting together a PG version of the Ministry on TV. Um, which is fun. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, I thought the match was great. I think AJ Styles is a top five bell to bell wrestler ever. He's in my top five for sure. Number four for me, actually. Um, okay. And that's another podcast. We're just teasing it guys. It's called foreshadowing. Um, anyway, um, I didn't think this match was as good as Rollins and Rhodes, but still very, very good. Amazing chemistry. These guys both have great false finishes again, which is a good sign of a good match to me. I thought commentary was surprisingly very good for this match too. Um, the rare Ripley interference was smart. I liked it. I liked putting her in that in that uh, little thing. And I also think the idea of the Balor Club uh, with AJ being the other club member versus the Judgment Day has legs. I think that has legs for sure. Um, also, too, you know, since we're doing these like, um, you know, stable or individual branded shows again, you know, how we were talking about that, like with uh, NWA doing this whole like Matt Cardona thing, I wouldn't mind seeing a Judgment Day come back as a pay-per-view because the judgment day stable, you know, I think it's a good, good idea. Anyway, so that'd be sick. I four, like and that a qu- idea. four and a quarter beers for me. Where are you at on it? I didn't go quite that high. I went 3.75 beers. That's- I thought it was a very solid match, even better than their WrestleMania, but yep. I just wasn't a fan of the little shenanigans added in there. They could have still really? had to rejoin without 
kind of fucking it up to me. That just, but, see, yeah, the, that, but it was cool seeing her join the group, and yeah. I, I like that dynamic. I want to see another person join. I think a four-person group be perfect for Judgment Day. All right, who do you got number four? I think it should be Tommaso Ciampa. Yes. No, yes, without a doubt. 100%. Because he's kind of That's just kind of lonely That's lost right now. That's the guy. There's no doubt. Like, he is the guy. He is the guy. There's no doubt. He is, has, to, has to be him. I agree. Let's keep it going. Uh, we got a plug for their docu-series Evil, which is good if you haven't checked it out. It's all about the heels. It's a nice sh- little show on Peacock if you've got it. It's pretty cool. You should watch it. It's good. There's some really good stuff. The The Miz one is surprisingly very good. Um, anyway, we get Cole and McAfee here to pitch the Flair and Rousey package, and it was pretty solid, honestly, man. The production package for these things is kind of covers up for all the poor acting that actually happens on TV in between these pay-per-view matches, if you know what I mean. Um, but the production is great as it always is. It's Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair in an I quit match. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any more hated wrestler on camera than, than Charlotte Flair and any company. And, and I'm including AEW. And I think that, I think that she's the hottest heel in the business period. Um, and it is what it is. You can say what you want about her, but I think she's easily super that over. Rousey isn't quite the star that she once was, uh, but she still definitely has value and she's still definitely very athletic and it's showed. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying she's not a great professional wrestler, but she's certainly um, not as good as some other wrestlers they have on their roster, but she brings more value to the table than maybe some of the better wrestlers. I would, I would, if you, if that makes any sense with what I'm trying to say, kind of, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a hell of a fight that they had. Essentially uh, that power bomb on the barrier was crazy. Ooh, that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both of them just talking the whole match, which was a great, like a great additive to the match. I think I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Pat McAfee called out the fiend mask in the front row too. So I'm sure Vance yeah. had a conniption fit about that, but it was a good finish. It was a great match. I gave it four and a half beers, man. It was really good. Pleasant. I did not expect to like that much, but it was it. You got to give the devil their due. Four and a half beers. It was probably one of the better worked matches on the show. I think that I think Cody and Rollins was the best, but this is second best to me. Where you at on it? Well, I didn't quite go that high, but I gave it three and a half. I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty stiff. I didn't think it was like that amazing as you saw it, but I thought it was still pretty fucking good. Uh, I thought it was pretty ridiculous on commentary. They said the woo comes from Charlotte's family. Like they can't say Ric Flair on commentary. They can't. They can't. I just said the woo comes from Charlotte's family. Like how fucking yeah. ridiculous. Like people don't know what's just don't say Ric Flair's yeah, her dad. Like, dude, just don't say anything about it. Yeah. Just fuck off. Come Stupid. on now. Stupid. But dude, like Ronda Rousey, I agree. Like even though she was gone for a while, like she's still working pretty fucking solid after that first match when she kind of worked like shit. I think she kind of made up for it at WrestleMania and here. And yeah, yeah I really liked it. I, I kind of want to see her work in her judo gear again. I thought that was pretty sick. I don't know why. I just thought that was cool. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I didn't like the you judo don't? gear. Well, no, uh, her, her, her gear. This this show was pretty cool. The little video yeah. game looked like Space Invaders. Yeah, that was cool. I liked it. I did like the gear a lot. Uh, I'm a mark for gear. Um, and then we kind of had a kayfabe injury in the back, but that's wrestling. Um, yep. And then there's a, a package for the six man main event. And listen, man. Um, it, well, we have before that we have like Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. I give it a dud because it's just shit, and I don't want to see it. Do you have Me anything either. else to add to that? Zero. Fuck it. 
All right, so yeah, we'll skip on to the main event here. It's it's Drew McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline. It's a star-studded match, man. It's I mean, literally everybody out there it will at some point be in the Hall of Fame. Everybody, everybody in the ring. Um, so there, there's something to say about that. I much I would have much preferred. I mean, this is match six. I think they could have stood to have eight matches on the card, or maybe just cut Mad Cat Moss and put him on the pre-show, and then have you know. Drew McIntyre versus Roman and then RK Bro really versus the pre-show matches anymore. That's yeah. probably why. Which is fine. I'm fine with that too, but I mean, with the, especially with the amount of time that Baron and Madcap got anyway, it's like just have it on I don't know. Anyway, uh, I would have preferred to have Drew and Roman as one match and then, you know, the Usos and RK Bro on a different one. But I get that they're trying to prolong it as long as they can and I understand that. Um, it was good for what it was. Nothing exceptional. Heyman was great on the outside as always, he's just so loud that you can hear him without a mic and it's beautiful. Every time he's so good. It's never bad. Um, it was above average for sure, but barely, uh, it's a decent main event, but again, like there's six, a six man and a WWE main event is not that it's not a main event. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like I a wall or a house yeah, show main event. Yeah. I gave it three and a quarter beers. It was good for what it, it that's the best I could have given it. Um, so they, uh, they worked well. It just, you know, three and a quarter. Where are you at on it? I was actually pleasantly surprised, and I gave it a little bit higher. I gave it three and a half. Okay. At first, I yeah. was just like kind of not really, really into it, yeah. but it really built up at the end. There were some good near falls, some uh, some really cool fast-paced shit that I didn't really expect. It just sucks that uh, you know we don't even get a fucking title match on the show, and then Roman Reigns isn't wrestling the next pay-per-view. Like it just that really stings me with uh not having the champ on the show. At Especially least when you're not promoting your, the your... title. Mid card titles at all either. When you're not from yeah, like they're not featuring much at all. Champ. Was there like, even a title on this show besides Ronda Rousey? No. Wow, only one title match. That yeah. hey, that does that does say something about the booking though, because every match yeah. is pretty fucking good. Yeah, without a title match. So I yeah. mean, hey, they know what they they know what they're doing, but I give me some they, titles. Yeah, give me yeah, some well, belts, you, baby. I mean, you just gotta. I mean, you need to dumb it. I mean, they're already trying to do it. I, I really hope they do end up unifying the tag titles with the Usos and RK Bro. I do hope that. You know, Cody unifies into one world title, and I really hope that, like, eventually we just get another U.S. title, IC title merge, and it's just one title. I think it just makes more sense. The 24-7 title can just disappear. That's fine. It can just go away forever. No one cares about it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. They need less titles, and I think that they know that, too. I think they're moving in that direction. That's a positive to me, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe they'll go back to, like, you know, the single branded shit instead of having all these goddamn titles kind of simplified it a little bit because it just kind of gets convoluted and oversaturated when you have like women's tag team championships, but only like actual one real tag team. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. Well, honestly, man, I think that Backlash 02 won, but barely. I mean, this I, I gave I gave uh, Backlash 02 four and a half beers. I gave this show 3.75, like it's well above average. I mean, borderline great show, especially for right after WrestleMania in 2022. That's, I mean, I'm again, I'm hyped for WWE. I mean, to all the haters out there, listen, I've shit on them plenty. I've shit on their booking plenty. And I'm not saying that they're out, out of the gate yet, uh, but they're catching up. And I mean, AEW, in my opinion, has been a little bit less compelling lately. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not doing great shit cause they definitely are, but it's not like they were when they started. And I think that, I think that W if they, do, if they don't change, you know, hopefully these, these upcoming to AEW shows really light it on fire and they kind of hey, like dynamite. Take, the last, past yeah. few dynamites have been pretty fucking good. I think they're They've on the right good. track. Yeah. 
They, yeah, I'm not. Listen, and, and it, I'm not saying they didn't make any drastic changes. They can stay number two, but there was a time of, over the past year that I thought there might be a chance that they could really make a run for number one. I'm starting to feel like WWE is aware of that now and it's starting to actually put out better content, which is a good thing for all wrestling fans everywhere, in my opinion. But They're actually I, acknowledging yes, AEW. Yes. They try to act like making the oh, product nah, so they're, much they're better. Think, but nah. Yeah. We've they got a little for, competition. They got a little yeah. bit of competition. We've been saying it for 20 years now, and we're finally here. They have a real competition. It's not like TNA. It's real competition, and they're 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 counter like WCW, it. Yes, but yes. better. Honestly, yes, 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 but better for now. Um, for now, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe AEW dies eventually. Maybe at some point we get that whole package in WWE. Hey, TNA or, is the longest fucking living promotion besides WWE and New totally Japan. True. It's totally true. It's totally true. Uh, but yeah, man, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the close. And we are back. Man, what a show, dude. Backlash, like 20 years separate shows? It's wild, man. Uh, bangers, though, right? Two two killer shows. Yeah, I mean, like you, just like we said, dude, Backlash 2002 barely beat out 2022. And honestly, probably one of WWE's best pay-per-views of the year so far. Yeah. It is crazy. Not that, counting like, WrestleMania because that's its own like extra thing, but just like a regular old pay-per-view. This is one of the better ones. Yeah, it was one of the better ones for sure. Um, and I think for O2 as well, it was one of their better just off-brand shows that were not off-brand, but like side shows as opposed to like one of their main, their big four pay-per-views. Solid pay-per-view all the, all the way around on both sides. I mean, if you get a chance, I'd say this is, you know, most of the time in, in this segment of the show, we talk about like if you get a chance to go check out one of the matches, man. Uh, there's at least two or three on each show that like you really should go watch. So if you get Dude, a chance, yeah. Billy watch Kippen, both of them. Tajiri, yeah. Rhodes, Rollins, Two Edge, AJ Styles, Eddie Edge, Guerrero, Edge, uh, Edge Angle, Edge Angle, Eddie Guerrero, RVD. I mean, there's just there's lots of great ones. Even that six man main event had some pretty sick shit. Yeah. Shit, fuck, I can't talk right now. Some pretty sick <laughs> shit toward the end. I mean, almost kind of like a PWG style six man tag. It just kind of went wild. PWG six man tag, man. Okay. Listen, so, uh, this is the part of the show where we kind of do a, a, tri- a trivia question, right? Mm-hmm. A trivia question. So as a trio, not as a, cause you know, once you get into stables, you can get into the tag teams, tag teams are two stables to me are really four or more, but as a trio, um, and it could be a stable, it could be a, a team best trio of all time. In your opinion, Wex <sighs> best trio of all time. I mean, I'm going to, I mean, the elite Kenny Omega and the young bucks, they're one of, one of the best trios ever. I mean, okay. they are very, very fucking okay. good. Uh, another one is, I, I mean, I used to love when they would run uh new age outlaws and X-Pac together back in the yep. day. They had a pretty solid trios. Uh, <sighs> damn. I mean, uh, that, that was a very, that's a very tough question to hit me with right there, but that, that's, that's right off the top of my head. Uh, that DX trios and then uh, the elite, the original elite. Yeah. Yeah. See, like what's funny to me is like the original, original DX to me is the best trio of all time. Oh, China, China Triple H. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. China, Sean and Triple H. Yeah. China, yeah. China, HBK, Triple H. Yeah. I want to say X-Pac. Dude. I just, <laughs> yeah. he's my favorite DX member. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, and to me, you know, other than that. Is the other '96 one, which is Hall, Nash, and Hogan. I mean, that to me. Oh, is Hall, the, Nash, Hogan's fucking yeah, solid. And, I mean, me, even Hall, Nash, X Pac. Yeah, that not was a bad. good treat. That was a yeah, good not, team. Not not bad at all. I mean, there's there's been there's been several several in there for sure. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, when you talk about like the new uh, day, new day, the new day for sure. The triple threat too, um, and ECW with, uh, Douglas and Bam Bam. And, um, who was that third, the third member in that one? It was Douglas Bam Bam and shit. Everyone. All right. You know what? Tell us in the oh, comments. Tr- uh, Candido, right? Yeah. Candido. Yeah. Candido. Yeah. 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 There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right. But yeah, man, trios, dude, we, right, we've got, there's so much meat on the bone here and guys, I'm telling you right now, uh, me and Wex and Mr. Jesse Baker, um, pardon his absence this week are going to go ahead and start building for season five, which will be coming after SummerSlam. So we're going to keep everything in the format that we've got scheduled. And we're going to go over that here shortly, but we will be making a massive change for season five. We're going to be, I mean, dude, we're, this is the fifth season. You know, it's a, it's a massive jump. Um, we're really liking doing these opens and close separately for you guys, having the meat and potatoes be a different thing, but maybe not, uh, maybe not doing, um, you know, pay-per-view comparisons every time. Um, I definitely want to have at least one of these shows in here a month. The Baker's dozen is not going anywhere. So fear not, that's going to stay around. Uh, but I think we want to venture more into the pop culture stuff too. I think we want to start talking about maybe some video game stuff. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in the sports world. There's a lot going on in, um, in music and movies and that can all kind of be related back to wrestling. So yeah, like dude, I would, you know what I would love to do is like take a wrestler and we just like break down all the movies he's been in and say like, which is like, like, let's just go stone cold. Like he's been in like probably 10 B movies. The condemned, the longest yard. Right, right, uh, right, right. So, or, or, I mean, of course the rock is right there. Hulk Hogan would be a good one too. go back to some of those nineties, like straight to VHS movies. Yeah. There's tons of meat on the bone there, but you know what? Tell us what you guys want to hear. Give us a chaperone. Yeah. Get in the comments here and let us know like what, what pop culture stuff would you want us to cover? Maybe some like, like some nerdy stuff, some star Trek, some star Wars, some back to the future, some Indiana Jones. Maybe there's some music stuff. Maybe some hip hop, maybe some rock and roll. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's, 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 there's tons of stuff to cover. I'm really excited about the future of this podcast. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. Like what you came here for will always be here. We're always going to be talking about pro wrestling. We're always going to be talking about the nostalgia. We're always going to be talking about the current product. Uh, but we want to talk about more than that. You know, we're grown ups, and we hope, hope to entertain you in other ways. Wex, are you stoked for season five, bro? Definitely stoked. Definitely looking for a change, ready for some new stuff and going to look forward to the future. Looking forward to the future. Indeed. Speaking of the immediate future, let's uh, let's take a dive into what we have on the the docket for next week. It's another Baker's Dozen, one of the hottest topics that we have on the show, one of the best uh, series that we have. And uh, John Burr, I believe, is going to be on the show, correct? That is correct. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, if not, uh, I think that he might have a rescheduling thing, uh, but Jesse is going to have a star guest next week for sure. If we do have to call an audible, then it's so be a be mystery it. guest, you never could be know. a mystery guest, but it's going to be very on topic. I'm very excited about that for sure. Um, Jesse's just been killing it with those. Uh, and then two weeks out, it's going to be Jesse and Wex again on a meat and potatoes show. And it's going to be an all 1997 show. You guys are going to be covering WWF in your house, a cold day in hell from 1997 going up against WCW's Slamboree 97. So Wex, bro, just being all about 97 last year. I'm a little jealous, a little jealous that I'm not going to be on the all 1997 show. Um, but I've saved myself for other, other things. So I mean, how you feeling? About I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, I've been kind of leaning towards more WCW 97 shows rather than the WWF. It's kind of have, you know, that's fair. That's the fair. Work rates, the work rates a little higher on the undercard, but like, like we, like we said before the mid card, the undercard WCW is very meaty and potato. But WWF's main event in 97 was like so good. 
Yeah, so good, man. It's I'm kind of got to see what what can match up there. I'm it's like the playoffs. You got you got to try different lineups, different matchups. Next week will be a Baker's dozen that you should not miss, whether it's Burr or someone else on the show. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then two weeks out, it's all 1997 with Wex breaking the Lawson and Mr. Jesse Baker, the patron saint of the rock block guys. You can always find me at Daniel daybreak on all of the social media platforms. You can always find the show at kfabe.com. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at kfabe.com pod on TikTok, which is where we do most of our interactions, to be honest with you. And then, uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube and be able to see us, uh, if you think any of this is funny or engaging at all, um, and you're not really a TikTok person, we're on YouTube as well. KFA Comparisons there. Um, hit the subscribe button if you are listening to us in the traditional podcast format. Please leave us a five-star review or any kind of a thumbs up or whatever you can give us. It really does help out the show a ton. And, of course, just tell your friends, man. Tell your friends that we're not the worst podcast out there and it's uh, semi-entertaining on your Friday afternoons. Uh, Wex, where can people find you, man? And as y'all know, once again, you can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Loss on all of your social medias. And as we mentioned, uh, that Tiki Talk, we're going to get heavy on that. Always love the engagement. YouTube, like you said, and also Instagram. If you're on Instagram, a lot of those TikTok videos, we also upload on the Instagram. So if you're not on the TikTok, because, you know, people are like, oh, it's owned by China. It steals your information. If you're one of those people, you can get on Instagram. And let Mark Zuckerberg steal your information and listen right. to Kate Bay comparisons. As he has since 2008, by the way, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see all you Marks next week. We're out. Peace. Peace out.